Enjoy it while it lasts. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Uh The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. What's up? What is up? It is Weekend Wager here at 98.7 ESPN on this Friday night. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, that Rangers game. Uh, we've got a lot going on for the next uh, hour and 15 minutes. Uh, late start, again, because of the Rangers game. Uh, so let's break the show down for you. Um, as always, Mike Clay from ESPN, him and I, uh, we put together a, a podcast each and every Friday with some of our favorite prop bets heading into this weekend's slate of games and action in the NFL. So we'll play that for you uh, coming up this hour. David Behrman, who oversees all our gambling content at ESPN, is going to join us at 11 o'clock. We also have Lee Sterling, who's going to join us from Paramount Sports and Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders Right. So we've got... NFL games. We've got college football games. I've got some college football plays and picks for you as well. We've got the Nets and the Knicks. They're in action tomorrow, so I've got some plays there. Lines aren't out yet, but some insight. And uh, and we've got, believe it or not, we've got a golf tournament going on. That's right, in the Bahamas, the Hero World Challenge. And uh, you need that, that personal invite from Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all who uh, this week we saw some video of him out on the range looking good, taking some shots, swinging that club. Will he be back in action? I know we're all hoping that that is the case. We'll see. So, uh, so we do have a lot coming your way in the next hour and 45 minutes. Uh, right now we've got a college football, a lot of really good college football games this weekend, especially tomorrow, obviously. Um, Right now, we've got uh, 10th-ranked Oregon going up against 17th-ranked Utah. Utah up on Oregon right now, 23 to nothing. But some really good games tomorrow. Georgia and Alabama kick off at 4 o'clock. That's going to be a good one. Um, Alabama trying to get into that top four. Still having an opportunity to try to win a national championship for Nick Saban. We'll see. Can they do it against Georgia? Lee Sterling and I break that down as well. So quick break. I just wanted to kind of set the show up for you. Again, Mike Clay will have some prop bets heading into week. Can you believe it's week 13 of the NFL season? I can't. David Behrman is going to join us live at 11 o'clock. Again, Lee Sterling, Aaron Schatz. A lot of picks, a lot of plays across the board. As always, getting you ready for some good action heading into this weekend. And slate of games from basketball to golf as well as college football and NFL. And, of course, our lines are open. 800-919-3776. Welcome back to Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet, BetMGM Sports. I'll tell you a dude who I believe in, and that's Aaron Schatz from FootballOutsiders.com. Uh, Aaron, how you doing, man? Welcome in. Thanks for joining our show tonight. Always thanks for having me on. I had a good Thanksgiving. I'm ready for a big week 13, a lot of good games, and a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, I always like, I did really well last night. Um, I always like going into the weekend coming off of a good Thursday night. Now, I had the Saints plus six, plus six and a half. That's the only bet I lost. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I had Taysom Hill anytime touchdown. Those were the only two bets I lost last night. And... 
but I, I, I teased them up to plus 10 and a half plus, uh, and that made it right. And, uh, in plus 12, I had the over and Dak, uh, attempts and completions. I had over rushing yards for Taysom Hill. I had, I had, uh, under on rushing yards for Ezekiel Elliott. And so, uh, I, I did, did you, did you do well on Thursday night? I think uh, I stayed away from that game because I was just really unsure how to value Taysom Hill against Trevor Simeon. But I think that our friend Mike Clay had Lil Jordan Humphrey anytime touchdown, and that was a hell of a pick. <laughs> yeah, I actually I played I played little uh, Humphrey. I, I played him in DFS, and and so oh, and, good and I job. Think, right, and and I think and I think like his cost was like. I don't know, $2,500, something like, or less. Whatever the lowest Maybe. is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was, it was like next to nothing. So, so that was great. And I did point, I, I put, I, I want to say I put like $5 on him scoring anytime touchdown as well. Um, and I want to say that was it. What was that at? Like plus 330, five to one, something like that. I, I don't know. It was, something it was. High. Right. It was, it was some good odds, but anyway, again, uh, hopefully folks out there listening, you're like, you're like me, Aaron stayed away, but uh, hopefully you're heading into uh, this weekend slate of college and NFL and you're playing with house money. So let's start first and foremost, uh, big game for, uh, for the Tampa Bay bucks going up against uh, the Atlanta Falcons an opportunity, you know, that uh, they could even gain some more lead. And some space, not only in that division, but I'm sure you know they have a, a very easy schedule for the remainder of the of, of the year. Possibly get some ground so that they finish in a position where maybe they can host a playoff game or two. But nonetheless, the Tampa Bay Bucks going up against the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they are favored by 11. There's some sharp money on the Atlanta side. My play in this is the over. I like the over here because you could pass against the Tampa Bay Bucks. But nonetheless, what is your play, Aaron? I love going with Tampa in this game. Uh, Tampa Bay is number one right now in the Football Outsiders PVOA ratings. And Atlanta, despite their 5-6 and six record, are number 32. They've got close wins against bad opponents and then a lot of just getting slaughtered by good opponents. Tampa Bay beat them by 23 the first time these teams played. They lost to Dallas by 40 and New England by 25. When Atlanta plays the top teams in the league, they do not come out well. So I really like, even though it's a large line, I really like Tampa Bay minus 11. What's, what are your thoughts on the over-under? Do you have a play there at all? Uh, I like. I think the over sounds good on that one because uh, Atlanta, the, you know, their offense is okay, but the Tampa Bay, you know, the, they do have the problems in the secondary, and they're now missing Mike Edwards, who's their slot corner. He also, along with Antonio Brown, got suspended for three games for um, for not giving proper vaccination status. So the over sounds like a good one on this one, but I really like the Tampa Bay minus 11. All right, let's talk about the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Chargers are getting three. Granted, they're on the road. They're heading to, to Cincinnati but I think I think this is a lot of I think this line to me is a knee jerk reaction in regard to the beaten Cincinnati put on the Steelers last week. I'm on the Chargers side. What side are you on? I agree. I'm on the Chargers side. Uh, in our DVOA ratings, we have the Chargers two spots ahead of Cincinnati, and ESPN in their Football Power Index, I believe, has the Chargers six spots ahead of Cincinnati, and so. It would be one thing if this game was 
uh, no line, you know, like a pick'em, but you're actually getting points with the Chargers. It just seems like a really good bet. Yes, the Chargers do have a really bad run defense, and it's likely that Joe Mixon will run all over them, but the Bengals' defense is not as good as it's advertised, and I think that the Chargers can pass on them and can take the lead in this game. I also like the over because both teams are better on offense than they are on defense, according to our ratings. The over, I believe, is 50.5 right now, so I like this game to go over with the Chargers plus. Yeah, I like the over as well. Um, Last but not least, it's going to be a good one, that Monday night football game. Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, going up against the Buffalo Bills in New England. This line has come down. I got it earlier on in the week at plus three. Now it's down to plus two and a half, New England, the Patriots. And very interesting here, Aaron, weather conditions are supposed to be horrific. Like, you know, 10 degrees, snowy, rainy, disgusting, winds at 20 to 30 miles per hour. It's supposed to be one of those games. I'm curious, you know, I, I've, I, I've got, I'm a huge Mac Jones fan. A lot of people call him, quote unquote, my guy, my boy. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning on the New England side, especially the way that they've been playing defense. But curious, what's your play here? I like New England as well in this game. New England is number one right now in weighted DVOA, which lowers the strength of early season games to get a better idea of how well teams are playing now. Now, Buffalo is third in that stat, so it's not like Buffalo is bad. But if you take New England in this game, you're getting points. And the other thing is, I think New England is better built for the bad weather than Buffalo is. Obviously, the Bills, Josh Allen has more experience playing in bad weather than Mac Jones, who's a rookie who played his college ball down south and his high school ball down south. But Buffalo is kind of a finesse team, and I do not mean that in a bad way. Their defensive line is much more about rushing the passer than it is about stopping the run. Their running game struggles. Their offensive line has problems. And if you ask in snow or wind, who is going to be able to dictate with their offensive line and push the other team around? I think the answer is pretty clearly the New England Patriots. And so I do favor the Patriots overall in this game, and I would definitely go with the Patriots plus 2.5. You like the under in this matchup as well? Uh, I think that there's a pretty fair line on the overrun because the market line is 42 and a half and our simulations come out about that. So I would probably stay away from the over-under in this one and just go with the Patriots. Great stuff as always, Aaron. Really do appreciate you as always. Uh, once you let our, our listeners out there know where can they find you um, with, with you know all your wealth of information. Absolutely. All of our DBOA ratings are at footballoutsiders.com. You can get all kinds of splits and fantasy football projection data and uh, picks against the spread with our FO Plus subscription, which is on sale right now for 99 cents a week. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. You can also look for me on Twitter at FO underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. Again, he's Aaron Schatz. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Again, just to recap, Aaron likes Tampa, minus 11. The Chargers, plus three. The Patriots, plus two and a half. Let's do a deep dive. Let's look at some futures when we get back. Let's, let's take a look around the league and see what futures bets are out there with just a few weeks left in the regular season. 
and what teams I think uh, are, are getting good value at plus money to potentially win their division. And let's dive into the Patriots, right? It's a huge game for them and the Buffalo Bills. The Chargers as well in that division competing with the Kansas City Chiefs. And don't sleep on the Denver Broncos now. I think they've got a good chance of beating Kansas City this week. Uh, so let's do that when we get back. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Because there's really gray area in what it is, Pat. There's really no final decision on that. You know, obviously at this point, you know, we're pushing to get him on the field as soon as he's healthy and ready to go. He wants to be on the field as well. You know, he just wasn't clear for contact today. So in terms of what it's going to look like in, you know, immediate weeks coming up, future weeks down the stretch, there's no answer right now. Everything else would be hypothetical or guessing at this point. That is Joe Judge talking about, of course, uh, Daniel Jones has been ruled out for the game against the Miami Dolphins. That line now has jumped up to minus six, by the way, with Mike Glennon starting um, at quarterback. Not expected for the Giants to have Sterling Shepard or Kadarius Toney as well. So, And you've got a Miami Dolphins team who's been playing really well as of late, especially their defense, who's really uber-aggressive. Top three defense in the NFL when it comes to their blitz rate. Uh, so uh, we'll do a deeper dive into the Giants and the Jets games uh, a little bit later on the show. Again, David Behrman is going to be joining us at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. We'll hear from Lee Sterling as well. Mike Clay and I always put together a podcast on Fridays uh, talking about our favorite prop bets. So still all of that still coming your way. So stay tuned. Uh, but as I said, you know, when I said goodbye to, to Aaron, I just wanted to kind of, I, I love looking at futures bets, especially right now, because there's still some really good value. So let, let's look, let's look bigger picture here first. And that's, you know, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Bucks are favored to win the Super Bowl at five to one. I'm still not sold. I don't like their defense. Um, and, you know, offensively, and, and this really is the case, let's be honest, you know, you, you've, got a, you've got a defense that can get to Tom Brady. Uh, that offense, at, and, and God forbid Gronk's not playing, feel like Gronk is that security blanket for, uh, for Tom Brady in that, in that Bucks offense. I, I just, I'm not sold. I don't see the, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks running it back again. That's 5-1. to one. Kansas City, second favorite at 7-1. to one. Again, I don't see it with Kansas City. I know their defense has, has has played better as of late since they traded for uh, for Mark Ingram, but that offense still is struggling. Green Bay Packers at plus seven fifty. I'll tell you what. Green Bay Packers might be the best team in the NFL right now, and they're not even a hundred percent healthy. They've got players missing across the board in their secondary on their offensive line. Aaron Jones. So. I'd, I'd throw some corn in the Green Bay Packers right now. I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year prior to the season starting. I'm not even sold on them, to be quite frank. You get them at plus 750. Arizona, a lot of people feel Arizona is the best team in the NFL. You get them at 8-1. to one. Patriots 10-1. to one. I'm just saying. Dallas 11-1. to one. The Rams 12-1. to one. My pre season Super Bowl matchup Bills over Rams but uh, I'm on the Patriots this week I think the Patriots beat the Bills on Monday night I think they win the division I still think the Bills get into the postseason but Bills need a rushing you can't be one dimensional in the NFL you just can't and they're one dimensional right now so it's, it's pretty disappointing because uh, they're just and, and they just lost Tredavious White in their secondary 
which isn't good. So right now where it stands, if I had some extra coin, I'm looking at futures bets. I'm putting money down on the Green Bay Packers at plus 750. I'm putting money down on the Arizona Cardinals at 8-1. to one. I mean, they went, they won 2-1 and one with Colt McCoy as their starting quarterback. That's just ridiculous. And I'd even throw some coin on the Patriots. That's what I would do. Uh, who's going to win the AFC North? Uh, Ravens are favored at minus 175. Cincinnati, 2-1. to one. Why not? I'd throw some money on Cincinnati. AFC West, Kansas City is favored at minus 225. I, I don't, I'm not going to lay that kind of coin. But you know what? I'll put some money on the Chargers at plus 350. I'd like the Chargers to beat the Cincinnati Bengals this week. NFC West, Dallas is... Uh, is, is favored to win the NFC West, but you've got, you can put money on, on the Washington football team at 10 to one and the Eagles at 14 to one. Uh, that division is still wide open, even though uh, the Dallas Cowboys beat the saints last night. Um, some other futures bets out there. Um, MVP, Tom Brady is favored at plus three fifty. Uh, Josh Allen at five to one. I- I'm putting money on Aaron Rodgers at six to one. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. There's no value there. It's going to be Mac Jones. It's going to be Michael Parsons. Uh, but uh, no value in 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 that. Uh, Mac is minus 300. Parsons is minus 1,000. I, I just no no value in that. Um, offensive Player of the Year, Jonathan Taylor is plus 250 as well as Cooper Cup. I think that's a toss-up. I'd put money on Jonathan Taylor. Dude's a beast. Defensive player of the year, Jason Garrett, two to one. Judon, eight to one. That's who I'm putting my money on. I'm telling you, Patriots are gonna go on a run. And the reason they're gonna they're gonna get into the postseason, the reason they're gonna win the AFC East is because of their defense. And if I could put money on defensive player of the year, Judon, who makes his way from the Ravens to the Patriots, he's such a, a huge force on that Patriots defense. Eight to one, I'm all over that. Comeback player of the year, Dak is favored right now, but Joe Burrow is plus 450. Carson Wentz is 18 to 1. Carson Wentz has been playing good as of late. If he goes on a run the next four weeks, Colts get into the postseason and go deep into the postseason. 18 to 1. Those are some good odds for Carson Wentz. Coach of the year, Bill Belichick, 3 to 1. Kingsbury, 4 to 1. Matt LaFleur, 6-1. to one. How, how, how can you not vote for Bill Belichick? God, God willing, the, the Patriots win the division and Bill Belichick coaches a rookie quarterback in that defense to make a run into the postseason. And to get Bill Belichick at 3-1, to one, those are some really good odds. Um, so those are some of the future bets out there that I think, uh, that I think are, are, again, I just want to share with you ones that I'm on, and ones that I think have some really good odds. So uh, do with it what you may. Without further ado, David Behrman joins us here. He oversees all our gambling content. I call him the gatekeeper at ESPN. David, good evening. How you doing? Good, Anita. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited for this this week's slate of games. It's always good when you're when you're when you're heading into the Sunday playing with house money because you did well on Thursday night, 
Um, you know, so, so that, that's always a plus, but, um, but let's dive into some of the games that you like one in particular, very near and dear to your heart. And that's your Miami dolphins at home playing great. As of late defense has been stellar over unders at 39 and a half. Miami is now favored by six with the news that, uh, of course, Daniel Jones is not going to play. You're going to get a, a Mike Glennon under center. How you play in this matchup? I'm going to, once again, not surprise anybody and take the under here. This is the sixth consecutive week I've taken an under in the Dolphins game, Anita. And the previous five are four and one. And the only one that didn't go under the total was last week. It missed by a hook against Carolina. And, and P.J. Walker and Cam Newton and the Carolina special teams pretty much gift-wrapped 17 points for the Dolphins. And the game went over by the hook, including a field goal late, late with a P.J. Walker interception. The Dolphin defense of, of 2020 is one of the top three in football statistically. They got off to a horrible start this year, but in the last five games, they've shut down the Bills. Even though they lost late, they shut down the Bills. They shut down Lamar Jackson the Tech, and, the, uh, and the Ravens on Thursday night and completely, like everybody else, shut down the Jets and the Texans before then shutting down Cam Newton the Panthers last week. So if you look at the Dolphin defense over the last five games, they're second in the league in points allowed at under 15 points per game, second in defensive efficiency and holding quarterbacks to 26.3 QBR, which is second best only to the red-hot Patriots. So that's the Dolphin defense. And it's not like the Dolphin offense is exuding huge, huge confidence in it. There's still a dink and dunk offense, even though Tua has looked better and Waddle's been great. And by the way, thank you for the T-shirt. Love that shirt, the Waddle shirt. <laughs> um, you don't have to go very far to find a defense that's playing almost as good as the Dolphins. It's on the other sideline, and it's called the New York Giants. The Giants have held opponents to 15 points per game over the last five games and opposing QBR to 26.6. So you have two really, really good defenses playing uh, their best they've played all season and two offenses that haven't scored much. They're 27th and 31st in rush yards per play and 26th and 24th in scoring. If you remember the Jets-Dolphins game that we previewed a few weeks ago at the Meadowlands, a lot of three and outs, a lot of punts, a couple of good Dolphin drives, and that was pretty much it. I see something very similar going on with the Giants and the Dolphins. Yes, the Dolphins are playing better. Offensively, they are moving the ball. But you have, you just mentioned Daniel Jones is out, Mike Glennon's in. I actually grabbed this at 42.5 under when it opened on Sunday. It's obviously come down with the Daniel Jones news. But quite frankly, Nate, I would play this under anything above 40 because you have two really good defenses, two not-so-great offenses, and, and this has like 13-10 written all over it. Yeah, I, I like the under here as well. Um, let's talk about the 49ers-Seattle game. Right. Uh, over under in that is 45 and a half. The 49ers, uh, even though they're on the road uh, in Seattle, they're favored by three and a half. I actually like the Seattle side here. But do you like an over under in this play? I like the under in this one as well. And you just hope you're not too late to the party. The Seahawks are eight, one and one to the under this season, including uh, six and oh in, in games against NFC uh, opponents to the under. And, you know, you don't want to be too late to the trend, but at the same time, a good trend is a good trend, especially, Anita, when it passes the eye test. And anybody who has watched the Seattle offense the last couple of weeks since Russell Wilson has come back, uh, there's definitely something wrong there. He says his finger's not a problem, but if you've watched them in the three games since they've been back, they've averaged 8.7 points per game, mm -hmm. 65, rush parts a game 65 rush yards per game, 
and they've been outgained overall by close to 150 yards uh, of offense on, from, from who they're playing to what they're gaining. And they're still been in every single game. They almost beat Green Bay, and they were right in there the other night. And you think, well, they're not scoring, but they're also not giving up a lot of points. That defense that was really bad earlier in the season is actually allowing 15 points per game over the last five contests. So you have a situation where Seattle's offense has been brutal. You thought they were going to break out against Washington, and that didn't happen. It's not like Washington has a good defense. And, they're, and, and Seattle defense has been playing well. But on the other side, the Niners are clicking. I'm not, I'm not going to hide from the fact that they've scored 30 or more points in four of their last five games. But Seattle hasn't allowed 30 points since week three. So I think the Seattle defense can keep them in the game. I'm not trusting anything that's going on with Russell Wilson and the offense. They have no running game without Carson. The wide receivers don't seem to be getting open. So I like the under here. These two teams played each other earlier in the season. It did go to 28-21 final, which pushed the 49. But that included a garbage-time touchdown by Trey Lance and a two-point conversion. It was actually at 41 just before the last-minute touchdown when the game was out of hand. You also look at the fact that in Wilson's last 15 starts, like Russell Wilson when he was good and Russell Wilson when he was injured, last 15 starts regardless, 13-2 and two to the under. And I think 45-and-a-half is too high of a number here. What are you saying? You don't think Adrian Peterson's going to rush for over 180 yards and score five touchdowns? I, I do not. And the only thing that honestly worries me in this one is, is quite frankly, uh, the only thing that worries me is a blowout because, I mean, I, I actually had Washington last week, and I was a little nervous that Seattle's offense was finally going to show up. And when it didn't, I said, okay, I'm done with the Seattle offense. They're done. They're cooked. The season's over, 3-8. and eight. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, they, they run a run-heavy offense. They grind it out. They have six, seven-minute drives. And they're just – even if San Francisco should get to 30, which, again, Seattle hasn't allowed 30 in, in the last seven games, Seattle would still have to score 15 to 20 points, and I don't see that happening. So I was surprised this was 45-and-a-half. I thought this would be 42-43, making me think about it. Uh, but I grabbed it again on Sunday at 45-and-a-half, and – I see this in the in, in the range of about twenty seven to, to thirteen type game is what you'll probably see. Uh, David Behrman joining us here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Uh, last game I want to tee up for you, and that's the Bengals and the Chargers. Uh, the Bengals are at home and they're favored by three. I think this line is a knee jerk reaction in regard to the spanking they put on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Curious, what side are you on here? You may not be wrong there, and, and I'm not one that, that wakes up every day thinking I want to lay with the Cincinnati Bengals three points, and it could be a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> I'm more playing on the fact that, you know, we look at you look at stats, you look at game flows, you look at what you may see. This Cincinnati offense has been extremely good recently. They've outscored the Raiders and Steelers 73-23 to since their bye week, winning both games. Scored 31-plus points in five of their last six, but most importantly, Joe Mixon, who has arguably been the best running back in football, not named Jonathan Taylor over the last couple of weeks. He has 288 yards and four touchdowns in the last two games, and the Chargers have the worst defense against the run in the entire NFL. So if Joe Mixon and the Bengals can control the clock and grind it out on the ground because of the fact that the, the Chargers have such a bad rush defense, I think they win this and win it easily. And the problem with the Chargers, everybody talks about their offensive firepower that they have with Herbert and Allen and Eckler and and Mike Williams, it's the defense, Anita, that's been the problem. The Chargers' defense, 24-plus points in each of their last seven games, giving up an average of over 31 points per game over that span 
There's only one team worse than them over the last seven weeks, and that's the New York Jets. So you're not going to win many games, Anita, and you're not going to cover many games, giving up 30 each game. And now they play one of the better offenses in football in Joe Burrow and, and Joe Mixon and the Cincinnati Bengals. So I think the Bengals win this one. It's just one of those situations where you're like, every time you believe in them, they go ahead and get lose by 30 to the Browns. So hopefully the good Bengals show up, and, and I think they do take care of business against the Chargers. David, thanks so much for spending some time with us uh, on this very late Friday night. Please know how much I appreciate it. Uh, please tell your wife and your family I appreciate it as well. You have a great weekend, my friend. <laughs> you too. Uh, enjoy the football, especially in college tomorrow as well. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of great college games. Again, uh, David joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I have confidence in Mike G. I don't go against him, you know, a bunch. Yeah, he does a lot of great things and helps us prepare. I mean, you, you think of us, you know, doing good defensively, but you got to give credit to those guys that, that service us when we're out there and giving us great looks. And, I, you know, seeing Mike G do things he's done, we, as a collective, have confidence in him. Dory Jackson talking about Mike Glennon getting the start for the Giants. Miami now favored by six. Just had David Behrman on. He likes the under. So do I. Actually, I like Miami minus six as well. Uh, interesting note, the Giants, uh, they take on the Chargers. So the Giants are going straight from Miami out to the West Coast. And I, I want to say, I think they're going to they're, they're gonna hang out in Arizona or they're going to practice at some high school, college field. They're just, they're, they're, so they're not coming back to Jersey and then heading out West. They're going straight out West from the Miami game, which I think is pretty smart. All right, uh, so a lot to get to. Utah took care of Oregon. Whoa, 38-10 to 10 tonight. So hopefully you were on the Utes. Um, and if you were, you were winner, winner, chicken dinner. As David said, some really good college football tomorrow. So let's let's dive into it. Uh, Baylor and, uh, and Oklahoma State. Baylor getting five and a half. That's the side I'm on. That kickoff is at noon. The first time these two teams face each other earlier this season, um, Oklahoma State won 24 to 10. Uh, but there's just two things. Number one, Oklahoma State is just one dimensional, and there's really not a lot of explosive passing plays. So I, I, I think uh, I think State wins, but I do believe that Baylor covers. So I'm going to take Baylor with the points. Georgia and Alabama, man, somebody pinch me. Can you you might you you get you get to get Saban and Alabama plus six and a half? I know it's really tempting, but I just think this Georgia team is just too good. They're the better team. They have the better defense, and just something is not right with Alabama. Like when was the last time you heard this? Alabama can't run the football. <laughs> I mean, and they've got a bad offensive line. Well, maybe not bad, but subpar based on what we are used to out of Alabama. So obviously a dip in the recruiting. So uh, I, I know it's crazy, <laughs> but I'm going Georgia here minus six and a half. Uh, Houston getting ten and a half against Cincinnati. Both these teams um, have done really well this season. Houston is, uh, as we like to say, is peaking at the right time. They've won eleven straight. I do believe that they're the better team, even though Cincinnati is is uh, is undefeated. Um, and but their most impressive win was against SMU, which was about two weeks ago. But again, I'm on Houston. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati wins. But uh, I just I, I truly believe that Houston is the better team, and 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 I'll take that better team plus the ten and a half. Uh, Michigan, Iowa. I am leaning Michigan minus eleven, but 
I'm a little apprehensive why Michigan Harbs big win against Ohio State. It's so when you know when 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 you put all your eggs in that Ohio State Buckeyes basket, it's so hard to get geeked up, ramped up again. And I know how important this game is. Obviously, like, you know, the reason Harbs went to Michigan is he promised them that they would be competing and playing in the national championship. So, uh, you know, and, and Harbs is such a great head coach. You know, can he motivate these guys to avoid a letdown? That's really what, that's really what you're betting on. Let's be honest, right? So, um, and Iowa's offense is ranked 123rd in the country. So, as we know, Michigan, Michigan is the better team. Again, you're laying double digits. It's not typically what I like to do. But again, what you're betting here is that Harbs is going to have his team ready even after a, a, an unbelievable high of beating Ohio State last week. And last but not least, you've got Wake Forest going up against Pittsburgh. Wake getting three and a half. I'm, I'm on, this is another game. I, I, I really don't have a lot of conviction here. I'm leaning on Wake Forest plus three and a half. Their fan base is only 75 miles away, which is great. Wake forces a lot of turnovers in the game. Um, but, you know, the key is going to be Wake Forest, that offensive line, protecting their quarterback because Pittsburgh, uh, you know, they, they, get, they, they get a lot of sacks in the game and they really can get after the quarterback. So that's really going to be key. But I, I like the hook. As long as the, I, I, I get the hook and, and Wake Forest at, at three and a half, then that's the side that I'm leaning on. So th- those are my college plays for tomorrow. In regard to the NBA, and I'm just going to keep it with our hometown teams, of course you've got the Denver Nuggets going up against the Knicks. Um, you know, uh, the Knicks, uh, unfortunate back-to-back losses, right? Uh, and, and, and upsetting ones. You know, like, you know, you don't hometown team, you don't want to, you want to lose your cross town rival, the Nets. And then, you know, they were down 21 points to the Bulls, came back, but uh, unfortunately lost that as well. Uh, Kimball Walker no longer in the starting rotation, coming off the bench. Hopefully he can, he can contribute better in that regard. But Denver's lost seven of eight. Um, They're going to be, they're missing a lot of players. Players are dealing with COVID. Uh, so I'm, I'm leaning on the Knicks. The number is not out yet, but I, I, I just, I want to imagine that the Knicks are going to be getting points here. We'll be getting, you know, one and a half, two, two and a half, three, three and a half, something like that. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the, uh, the, the number of players that, uh, that Denver is going to be missing. The Nuggets are going to be missing. So I'm leaning on the Knicks, especially if they're getting points at home. And then, of course, you've got a Bulls team going up against the Nets. The Nets will be, it'll be the second game of a back-to-back for them. Meanwhile, the Bulls have been in town because they took they 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 beat the Knicks uh, on Thursday night, so they had tonight off. So they're going to be rested, but they're going to be without Green and not sure what Caruso is. I'm, I'm assuming that he's going to play, and, and he's such a big part of that of that Bulls offense. Um, uh, that line is out, by the way. Uh, Bulls minus three. Um, I- I'm on the Bulls side here, to be quite honest. I-, I-, I think the Bulls do beat the Nets. The Bulls are back. They just look so good. But only and only if Caruso is is active and attractive. Um, also, like I said before, we've got a golf tournament happening. Before we know it, April will be here, and it will be the Masters, and we will be in full effect when it comes to the golf season. The Hero World Challenge, which is hosted and it's invite only from 
your one and only Tiger Woods, who uh, not sure he came out this week and spoke to the media and was very honest and frank and said, not sure if I'm ever going to be able to compete at the level I once was able to, but I'm hoping that I can play and compete in a few tournaments uh, throughout the year when it comes to golf. So hopefully what, what, what a, a huge accomplishment that would be after that horrific car accident he was in. But nonetheless, this is his tournament in the Bahamas. Bryson DeChambeau is at the top leaderboard right now at 11 under. You've got Finau, Brooks Kepka, Colin Murakawa, who, by the way, just got engaged. They're all at 10 under. Here's where my money is riding. Sam Burns, who's just uh, just a ma- he's masterful with his putter on Bermuda greens, and that's what you play with and you play on in the Bahamas. Um, he's eight under, so he's tied for sixth right now. You can bet that he's going to win this tournament at 12 to 1. I'm going to throw some coin on that, but better yet, how about this? Finishing in the top 10. I'm sorry, top, finishing in the top five, you can get Sam Burns at plus 150. Probably my favorite bet. So uh, Sam Burns, tied for sixth right now, one of the best putters on Bermuda greens, and you could get him to finish in the top five at plus 150. Again, probably my favorite bet. And a lot of people like Justin Thomas coming into this tournament. He was the favorite to win. He's five under, so he's five shots back. He's tied for 11th. There's still a lot of golf to be played. Um, But you can get him to finish in the top five at plus 350. How about that? So uh, I, I do like that. In, in the two years that he's played in this tournament, he's finished first in strokes gained total. Uh, in, 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 of course, you know, all the best golfers in the country that Tiger invites to this tournament. So, again, Sam Burns finishing the top five at plus 150. Justin Thomas to finish in the top five at plus 350. Two of my favorite bets heading into tomorrow. <laughs> Welcome back to Leak and Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joins us now. It's been a hot second, Lee. Uh, haven't really had, you know, a full show because the Rangers and the Knicks and, you know, yep. holidays are here. So I know it's, it's, it's been a minute since you've been on. So it's, it's, it's nice to hear your voice. Hopefully you and your family had a nice Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, spend time with family. What, what can be better? Family, food, and football. <laughs> so no, I loved it. Yep, nothing better than that. All right, let's dive right. into it. Let's start with college. I love. I always love having you on uh, because you bring you bring the college plays to the equation right. for uh, weekend wager. Let's start with Michigan. Michigan uh, favored yep. by eleven against Iowa. Here's what my concern is, man. Beating Ohio State, we both know. That's the world. That's more important than winning a national championship. I, I'm just like, I'm just concerned, like, you know, coming off that high, can they get refocused right away for Iowa? So normally I would say no. So uh, I, I heard from so many people, like, you got to play Ohio State last week because Ohio State has won 10 straight. Things change. I mean, Michigan had a great game plan. The weather certainly helped. And I think they were under the radar because they blew that game to Michigan State. For three quarters, they dominated Michigan State. So, uh, you know, the line was funny. The line should have probably been 10.5-11, but it was 7. It was kind of telling you something. And I know this line is big. It's 10.5. It's probably going to close 11 to 11.5, in my opinion. But Iowa's offense is pathetic. I mean, there's some times – 
when I'm watching the game, and either, and I have to rewind the tape when they get a first down, I'm shocked. Both of their quarterbacks are like guys that should be like third stringers, Petrus and Padilla. Their receivers get absolutely no separation at all. The play calling is boring. It's pathetic. And I just think Michigan, if they get up by 10 points, this game is over. It could get ugly. Aiden Hutchinson and his mates, they held opponents to 54% pass completions this year. Um, They have 32 sacks on the year. They're only allowing three yards per carry over the last four games. I think they're taking it to the next level here. And if you look at recent games against these two teams, in 2016, Iowa won 14-13, and they – uh, only lost 10 to 3 in 2019 but you know what different times i think michigan rolls here i was going to get beat down 34-13 you got georgia going up against alabama everybody's on georgia six and a half that's what they're laying are you yep. normally i take alabama better quarterback better coach i hate to go against nick saban but I usually have a pretty good feel for him, and there's something wrong with this offense. I think you saw him kind of blow up a couple weeks ago. He said a win is a win. Well, watch these games the last month. LSU blitzed them almost every single play, held them to 20 points. Last week against Auburn, and Auburn's defense is good. They're not great. Penn State put up 20 points plus on them. They were held to three points until 30 seconds were left in that game. I mean, if Auburn doesn't leave that cornerback out on an island, doesn't have a corner safety out on top of that defense, I mean, that game's over. So they have some problems. They're having some breakdowns in the offensive line. I don't think the play calling is great with O'Brien as the offensive coordinator. Uh, so I just think that this Georgia defense is special. Are they the best of all time? Probably not. But the two defensive tackles are special. Why are the two defensive tackles, in my opinion, the most important guys on the defense? Because if they stop the run and they collapse the pocket, you can't do anything else. And that's what's happening to teams when they play Georgia. Uh, I, I think Georgia, if they're up 7 to 10 points, the ball's at midfield with, let's say, four or five minutes to go in the game, I think they're going to use some play action and try to put Alabama away. They want to make sure Kirby Smart did no one votes for Alabama here uh, in, into the Final Four. They want to leave no doubt here. I like Georgia also by two touchdowns, 31-17. All right, Lee, college football, yep. Michigan minus 11, Georgia minus 6.5. Let's turn our attention to the NFL and one game that's very near and dear to us here in New York, and that's the Giants in your neck of the woods, Lee, heading down to the MIA, the 305, the 954 for some of us, <laughs> and without – Daniel, well, actually, this is very interesting. You know, Daniel, Daniel Jones will be traveling with the team. He's not yep. expected to play. Mike Glennon is going to play. You know why he's traveling? Because the Giants are going to go straight from Miami out west. They're not coming back to New York because their next game is right. out west. So that's why Daniel Jones will be traveling, just FYI. So, um, so <laughs> Miami... Uh, only now, let me ask you this because I, I unfortunately my, my computer just died. I have not had a chance to to look and, and see if this this line has been updated with the news that Daniel Jones is not going to play. Is it still only four? I would imagine this line. No, may it's, have, no, it's moved. It's moved, moved up to five and a half, six. I was now. just going to so, say. I was just going to say five yeah. and a half. I, I listen. I, I'd still play it with a touchdown. Mike Glenn. I, I mean, come on. It's Mike yeah, Glenn. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. So here's here's the problem. 
if you like Miami, you probably should have taken it at three or three and a half. The ship has sailed. It's not going to come back that way. So there was actually some money yesterday. So the line went up to five and a half. There were some people that were betting, a lot of people, and some big bets that were betting the Giants. But now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, it came down. It came down to four after the news, and then it went back up. And I think people are figuring out that this Giants team, the play calling has not been good. I mean, we saw it last night. Did You, you watched the Dallas game, obviously, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, what did you think of Kellen Moore's play calling throughout the game? I don't know if it was so much Kellen Moore's play calling or, you know, if it was – I think I expected the Saints defense to be quite good. And I, oh, I knew okay. that they couldn't – I knew that they couldn't run the football. Also, no, you know, I know they had they had Amari Cooper, but you know he's right. still dealing with COVID. So I, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence. Here's with something it. I saw. Here's a couple things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Number one, you don't want to go against the best cornerback, maybe the top five cornerback in the NFL in Lattimore. They went against him seven, eight times. I thought it was a huge mistake. Arrogant. So it's arrogant. Yeah, yeah. So they kept targeting him. That was a mistake. And there was probably seven or eight times, you know, they either had like third and five, third and eight, and they're running two and out, three and out. Uh, Unless you're throwing to the back as a screen or as a safety valve, almost every pattern should be beyond the sticks. I mean, I thought the play calling just wasn't good. And then at the end, with six, seven minutes going, the game should have been trying to run out the clock. And uh, on second and third down, he throws the football. So, I didn't think he called a very good game. Uh, when I've been watching the Giants games uh, all season until the firing, Jason Garrett didn't do a very good job. And Freddie Kitchens hasn't done much better. I just think that Barkley is not 100%. I think he's working himself back there. And that explosiveness we haven't seen. And the Miami defense has come on. I mean, Jalen Phillips, first-round pick, uh, they're finding ways to deploy him. So the defense has gotten better. They've always had some real good cornerbacks and then on offense the offensive line which is probably bottom two bottom three in the league is playing a little bit better and they're starting mm-hmm. to get some guys back uh looks like uh you know, parker could be back for the dolphins at receiver so they're getting healthier i don't love the game if you're going to play the game i think miami's the right side i think they win something like 27 17 but the, the 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 best line three three and a half that ship has sailed on miami a long time ago Lee, I've got about three minutes left, yep. so and, and yep. I know there's two more games we want to dive into. Ravens minus four and a half against the Steelers. Steelers looked god-awful last week against Cincinnati, but I just saw a report. Looks like all of the Ravens' secondary is going to be missing in this matchup. Curious, what side are you on here? Well, that changes a lot of things right there. And if that's <laughs> the case, <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes you just you don't play the game. Uh, before I heard that news, I thought that, the Ravens were probably the right side, but they still might be able to pull it off here. Uh, Pittsburgh not, not able to push the ball down the field. And then on defense, they're 29th in takeaways, just nine. So maybe Lamar Jackson can, can just will his team to a win there. I don't think he throws four interceptions again. Uh, I would favor Baltimore a lot if they get some of those guys back. If they don't, uh, small play on the Ravens. Bills. Minus two and a half, Patriots, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick coming to town. I love the Patriots on Monday night. Curious, bad weather conditions as well. I think that plays yep. right into the way that the Patriots play football. Wh- who do you like in this matchup? 
I think you have a great read on this game, Anita. At one time, I thought Buffalo four or five weeks ago was the best team in the NFL. I, I thought they were, I wouldn't say unbeatable, but I thought they were a level above everyone else. But now they've lost their Pro Bowl cornerback in white, and he was a guy that almost could lock down one side of the field. Their offensive line, I mean, almost the same line as last year, not playing at the same level, allowing a lot more sacks. Uh, Josh Allen's thrown eight interceptions, fumbled the ball four times, and what does New England do? Run the ball, stop the run, quarterback doesn't make mistakes. They win this game, they hit into the bye week. How about this? With a one-game lead over Buffalo, wrong team favorite. I like New England, 27-23. Great stuff as always, Lee. Love when you're on the show with us. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Check him out. Follow him on social media. Check out his website as well. Always having great picks. Lee, appreciate you, my friend, as always. Thanks. Uh, All right. Take care. Have a great weekend. You got it. You got it. You got it. This concludes uh, Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, brought to you again by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports. Just a reminder, tomorrow, a little change of scenery here on 98.7 ESPN uh, because the Knicks play in the afternoon. So uh, I have an abbreviated show from 4 to 5 p.m. And then, of course, as always, on Sunday, long show for you starting at 7 a.m., with Weekend Wager, I'm sorry, with, uh, with, with Fantasy Forecast. I do so many shows, I forget. With Fantasy Forecast, and then at 8 o'clock, Matthias Kiwanuka joins me, New York Game Day. We kick it off 10 a.m. Mike Tannenbaum joins us, and we're with you all the way to 11 a.m., where we lead into, of course, the Jets pregame show and the Jets taking on the Eagles uh, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody, have a great night and uh, a great weekend. Again, back on 4 p.m. tomorrow right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.